Welcome to the Gen Z Today podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Whitmer, founder and CEO of the How to Life Movement. On Gen Z Today, we discuss practical ways you can boldly live and lead for Christ. Find out how you can have confident hope and make a difference for Jesus, especially when it comes to the Great Commission. Welcome to Gen Z Today. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Gen Z Today podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Whitmer, and I'm so glad that you've taken this chance to tune in with us uh, for this conversation where every time we have an episode, we talk about what it means to live and lead for Jesus as members of this generation. And uh, we've been having an amazing conversation here. This is part two of a two-part episode with David Ladding and Elijah Lamb, who you have maybe uh, uh, heard of before uh, through social media, through uh, the interwebs somewhere as they are uh, definitely very uh, prevalent in some of those circles, but maybe not. And even so, I'm so glad you're here and tuning in to this conversation. Uh, and we've been having a great chat. And this last, in the first part of the episode, we talked about uh, standing firm in the faith and kind of what that looks like uh, as members of this generation. Kind of took a little bit of a look back at even the last few years as we're approaching the three-year anniversary of the beginning of the uh, of the the pandemic that so has been impacting the world and still sadly is ongoing in some ways, but uh, we all remember a time when we were home and sheltering in place and the Lord just moved though during that time through social media in some bold ways. And, and, uh, but David and Elijah, welcome back. We're uh, continuing this conversation. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, to kind of start this off with another thing, we've been in the UK, we've been in England and, uh, how, what do you think of the British food? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Somewhere in between? Yeah, I'll answer that. Um, the best meal I've had in all of Europe so far has been Shake Shack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. I would agree. We had, we had pub, pub food today. Yeah. Tavern food. It was okay. I ordered a soup and cheesy fry or cheesy chips. Sorry. I got a cheeseburger because I don't trust anything else. But but that's see, but that's kind of on you. Like, why are you ordering an American style food? Because then we ordered the first pub we went to. That pub food I ate. The what was it called? Westchester or something? Weatherspoons. Weatherspoons. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I got that from. Everything is. It's a British classic. Yes. British people know all about it. Right. And I ordered. Well, here's the thing. I should have ordered the first burger recommended to me, but I scrolled down to like a weird obscure one. That thing did a number on me. I thought it was going to kill me after. It, oh, was, no. it was not good. And I was like, well, I should have just not ordered the, um, you know what I'm saying? But what, what food do British people have that's like their thing that isn't totally gross? Like, do they have anything that's just them and doesn't include beans? Fish and chips. Okay. Well, I don't think I'm well. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I, I, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have fish and chips at either of the pubs we've been to, which has been crazy. Huh. But yeah, beans, if it includes beans, I'm not interested. Or peas. <laughs> or peas. Yeah, David's not a big peas Mushy guy. peas. David and I have both pushed the peas aside on our plates the past two times we've seen them. So we're, we're both 20. <laughs> but listen, we love the United Kingdom. You're seen. You're loved by God. <laughs> Bro, are you saying that sarcastically? <laughs> You are, we, we, he means I, that's serious. We do love the UK. It is really cool. 
just not for the cuisine, I guess. So if you're going to come to the UK, then it'd be a great time to fast before the Lord. <laughs> oh, see, I, I, I'm, I don't believe that the like flavors are necessarily much better. It's bland. But what I do like so is that in the UK, the food is more nutritious than the food in America on average, because but, we pump in fake stuff into our food. But, but we, it makes it good. We haven't, but the thing is, we haven't gone to like intentionally healthy places. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like we've been going to places that are unhealthy. Like if you're going to be unhealthy, just go all out. We're, we're trying. You know what I'm saying? You, you know how they make the joke all the time about like in America where it's like white people, their only seasoning is like salt. Yes. In England, they drop the salt. They don't even include that. Oh, they have, they're they not have white. Nothing. Oh, man. Everything is flavorless, dude. It's it's like eating like air, like in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. You, did you watch Andor? You know where he has to eat. Chill, the, he has chill. to. <laughs> if you watch Star Wars Andor, they get Andor gets uh, Cassie and Andor gets locked into a prison, and he has to eat tube out of a out of food out of a tube. <laughs> and then, like, but if if you perform really well, then they'll add the flavor to the to the tube food. <laughs> and so, like, America is the tube food with the flavor. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Okay. <laughs> Wow. It's, so anyway, it's probably like a seven out of ten. <laughs> All right, there you go. You you have just heard Elijah and David's genuine opinion and take. I on... love England, though. I love England. Yes, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think all three of us have bits of English ancestry, so this is like kind of coming home in a weird way it's coming home it's well, i'm it's i'm it's coming um, home no, the it's world, coming the world cup it's football's, football's coming home. home sorry sorry i was i thought you were singing i'm coming three home, lines on home. a shirt that one yes. like the maddie b rap song Soccer's he made the original coming <laughs> home yes no that's cool and uh so that's awesome what uh what are your other hot takes about the uk what is something that you think is absolutely you just are not getting your head around it <laughs> i don't know i like everything else like the public transport dude it's been so cool it's amazing how do you like tea i have not had tea once since i've been but here. but you were well, brewing tea actually in your kitchen the, sink at the hotel and i did drink it even though the water sink. said not to drink it. oh my well i put it in my i i took a sip and it was so gross that i spat it out but you literally drank the tea that you brewed in, in your the, sink in the sink yeah oh, well my. i didn't do that david did i walked in and i was like dude what is this concoction it was a funny prank and it did nothing to the environment all you had to do is just unplug the thing it's not like we messed up the plumbing or did anything bad it was just there was no accusation you don't have to defend yourself i feel the need to defend myself okay well take that insecurity to the lord so we have another story <laughs> that we're going to tell here and uh david doesn't know this but oh gosh. um david how was Paris? Paris, are we surrender? <laughs> oh, no, dude. <laughs> no, it's I don't good. think I have very many French listeners. If you're French and you listen to this, please let me know. Please don't surrender. Sorry, surrender don't. to the Lord. Yes, yeah, surrender. Yes. Oh, sorry, was that a good French accent? It sounded David. Telling. For that joke alone, we're going to make the theme of this episode surrender. Like, Come on. How to yeah, surrender, surrender to, to God. Lord. Lay it all down. That's my preacher voice. Yes. Like my funny preach, not my real preaching voice. <laughs> yes. Let the long. No, how was Paris? You got to visit. So David had a layover in Paris on the way here. It was supposed to be like a 90 minute layover, but then his flight got majorly delayed 
his can or no his first flight got delayed therefore he was not able to make another flight they rebooked him on a flight that evening you had like a nine hour layover in paris nine hour layover it was the most adventurous time of my life not really but um it was amazing i was well, i'd been talking to you i'm like david you have time to leave the airport if you scared. would like to leave the airport it would be worth it in my opinion you do have the time but you're gonna have to it's gonna take some brain stretching it's like it's a it's a thing it's gonna take some effort you're gonna have to find some stations and find your way yeah <laughs> how'd it go <laughs> i remember i was on the phone with um uh, with jordan and i was like it was like a movie like i was about to step on the train but i got off and i was so scared to go because i was like bro i don't speak french and I, I, I don't speak surrender and they were like it, jordan was like yeah dude like like you should do it it, it would be adventure it's gonna stretch you but it would be good so i was like okay i'm gonna do it so i jump on and the, the doors closed like like Susie, look at you and then it closed that was a really good accent. And, um, that was. Better and then, than your Scottish and British accent. All right. Um, sorry. <laughs> we digress. And so I get on. And at first, it was amazing. I thought I had it figured out. I didn't at all. Um, I got lost. Tried to find the Eiffel Tower. And I honestly, halfway through, I kind of got lost because I got on the wrong train because I never ridden on trains before. I, 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 instead of going by name, cause it was all French. I was like, I'll just go by color. And that was a horrible decision. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I got lost. Jordan, I was on the phone with Jordan after I found, Oh, I, I lost service underneath the, the ground. That was terrifying. And, um, so I, I finally get out, we go upstairs. I, I called, I called Jordan. I'm like, Jordan, what do I do? He's like, dude, get off, get off, get off. Like, you don't want to go like in the middle of nowhere. So I get off and I ended up on the coolest Paris street. I ended up walking for four hours with my luggage and I loved it. I didn't wow. see any landmarks. She didn't take any pictures, but I found a really cool vase. Yes. And my grandkids are going to be like, where is this? And I'm going to like tell the story, but over dramatized dra dramatized and it's gonna be really cool so you got lost pretty bad can you, so you just tell them what you said about me if i was in paris just to like hype me up really good yeah i said he would um he would get lost as well that is come on come on that's not true <laughs> he would be fine he navigated the the underground railroad so freaking well <laughs> it was disgusting i was like how does he do this so good I, the public transport has been the most fun I've ever had in my life. It's like a treasure hunt all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll hype you up. Elijah figured out the train very well. It took him a moment, and but then he but then he got the hang of it, and now he is a master at trains. And uh, I would trust him in probably any city in the world for the Let's most go. part. And nice. uh, uh, David can do it by faith. Wait, wait, I got better. I can do it now. Even George. Yeah, still by faith. Some local British people said, Oi, they do it pretty well, don't they? Even David. They, is that, is that what you think I, he sounds like? Did he say that or is that a made up quote? No comment. Nobody <laughs> said that. Elijah figured out the trains. I I know the trains normally. I, I, I feel like Moses. I literally have turned Moses into a verb. I've been Mosesing a lot this trip <laughs> because. Because I have to lead the group, and my story yesterday was our group just kept getting split up, and Elijah and David were in the fast group at the beginning, which is the group I prefer to be in because I walk fast, And uh, but uh, some of the girls just kept wanting to hang back and take pictures by the river and do stuff, and we kept getting separated, and I'm like, where do they go? And I have to go, I had chase after them, I found them, and... And I said that this reminded me of the Reckless Love song. It just kept popping into my head. Leaves the 99. And because uh, I kept leaving the group to yeah. go find well, the, you, the stragglers. Asbury. I know. 
And uh, but rather than leaving the 99 for the one, it was more like leaving the 10 for the four. And uh, I had to do that way too many times, like twice. But um, hey, four is more than one. So yes. It makes sense. Don't steal my dramatic flair here. Okay. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to make this special. And uh, yes, but no. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been awesome hanging out. And I hope you guys have been entertained by these stories and encouraged as well. But we're going to jump into our main theme for the episode here. And our theme is... Uh, What's the theme? Uh, performance versus passion. Performance right? versus passion. Or passion versus performance. And kind of talking about the difference of, uh, uh, of what it means to have live a life of, is it more performative for the Lord? Or are we truly uh, drawing from a well of, of passion that's come from our love for the Lord, our cup overflowing, and... Uh, you guys have a passage shared up, uh, passage queued up to share. Could you share this passage with us and just kind of some of your thoughts on this theme of passion versus performance? Yeah. So the passion, or excuse me, the passage that came to mind for both David and I, um, one that I've been dwelling on a ton lately, is Second Samuel chapter six. Uh, it's a story of David bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Um, and to sum it up really fast, David re- re- retrieves the Ark. Um, cause previously it had been taken away from Jerusalem. Um, and the Ark was basically, um, this cool constructed container, glorified container, basically with like an angel statue on it. And, um, it was a sign of God's presence basically. Um, and it wasn't in Jerusalem, which is the city that David established. And so David retrieves it. And as he's leading it back into the city, he takes off like all of his Royal garments and he it says it in Second Samuel six that he danced with all his might um, before the Ark of the Covenant, um, and that he wore a linen ephod, which basically that was like your undergarments um, that that you would wear. Um, and the reason David did that is because he took off his royal garments because it's what they were doing is literally like the procession that would that would lead a king after battle into a city, right? So like when you imagine you know the king and like the the big thing on like the people's shoulders, you know, where you like walk them in and everybody celebrates and they come in and it's like a whole parade. The reason David took off his royal clothing and wore his undergarments was to be like, I'm not the king in the situation. God is. God is the king that we're leading back into the city. Um, and so he was overjoyed and like crazy excited. Um, and it says in verse 16 that as the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, is that how you think you say that? Like. Right. Go for it, David. I always just said Michael, but that's Michal. Mich- Michal. Um, daughter. Michael? Well, it's Michelle. it's a girl. Michelle. Michelle, for sure. Um, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. So David's having this great time and his wife despises him and is basically just embarrassed by him because um, of his behavior. And then if you skip down to verse 20, it's kind of where things get interesting. When David returned home, returned home to bless his household, Michal came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, being a little bit sarcastic there, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. And so she was totally ashamed of him. Um, and then he says in verse 21, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. And so David is just like, yeah, I, 
this like need to have a reputation, like I've let it go. I'm going to continue to look even more stupid in front of the people for the sake of worshiping God and lifting him high and glorifying him. I don't care what you think. And then the awesome detail in verse 23 is, and McCall, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death, which doesn't say exactly why, but the implication basically is that David didn't want her to bear his sons um, because of her view of the Lord and David's relationship with God. So, yeah. That's awesome. David, what are some of your thoughts on this? I think, hmm, I don't, I don't know. I think it's real. I think that we, we should really hold and be careful what we say. Not that God's going to strike us down. Um, but yeah, being careful of judging people, um, who are singing to God, um, and, and not in any weird way, but I, I mean, I've definitely been judged and, um, even close men in my life, um, pastors thought that I was performing. Um, but, I, but I wasn't, you know, and thank goodness they didn't say anything, but I've had people tell me that they thought I was performing. I don't know. I, I think, I think it could just be dangerous to, um, judge people, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think the point of all of this is not, it's not like to give David or I, uh, David or I a soapbox moment to be like, everyone thought I was performing. I wasn't performing, you know, cause I, I performed at times. I had a performative mindset and I think there are two kinds of performance. There's performing for the Lord where you don't believe that God loves you because he wants to, um, and that he chose to die on the cross because he could, and that you don't have to earn his love. So that there's that kind of performance where you're trying to earn something from God um, and then there's performing for people and trying to be impressive to people. Um, and you know, it, it can be really hard to tell the difference. And so I've had moments where definitely, yeah, people thought I was trying to, uh, please people and perform for people and be impressive. And I was motivated out of insecurity or pride or whatever it may be. And those people might've been right at some moments. Like I definitely have felt the pressure before, especially as a young guy to, you know, I wanted to preach and be really impressive in my preaching because I, you know, cause I was insecure. And so I was performing for people and didn't view preaching as a way that I was serving and honoring the Lord uh, and the true purpose of it lost. And that's why my sermon sucked. Um, you know, like that's just how it went. And so it's important that we, we take David as a good example of how we're actually supposed to be before the Lord of he knew God loved him and that God cared for him, which is why he was willing to look so stupid um, before the Lord and, and do something that like a lot of people thought was weird and people, other people weren't comfortable doing. And then he was so stuck on God and, and had this same revelation that Moses has in Exodus 33, where he says that basically, he basically admits that God's presence was his good, that he didn't want to go to the promised land unless God's presence came with him. And so David sees this sign of God's presence coming into the city. And there's literally nothing that could ever make him more happy in his entire life than knowing that God's presence was with him so closely. And so he goes absolutely nuts and doesn't care what even his wife thinks, thinks of him. You know, I was talking to David, um, a few days ago. And when we think of like, it's so hard, um, trying to just let go of your entitlement to a reputation into people thinking awesome things about you because Jesus was misunderstood, um, like more misunderstood than anyone ever. So that's just going to be a part of what following Jesus means is he's going to call us to, and challenge us to do weird, strange things that people don't get. And so if Jesus wasn't entitled to a good reputation because so many people hated him, then neither am I. 
And if David wasn't even entitled to his wife, his first wife, this is the wife that he got, he retrieved Philistine uh, yeah, for, uh, anyway. And even she had a bad understanding of him and didn't like the thing he was doing. And so if he wasn't entitled to even his wife having, um, having a good reputation in his wife's eyes, then I have to let that go and only do what I'm doing before the Lord because I love him. Um, and because I want to worship him most. Wow. Wow. No, I think there's certainly a lot to unpack and, and think about with this, just in terms of how, when it comes to performance versus passion, I, I do think that often it, we, for whatever reason, we get insecure and we think, oh, I need to earn God's love or I need to, or I want to be liked by others. Those are very common sin, nature, flesh decisions and mentalities that we can often come to. And it, is definitely unfortunate and and not the 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 plan or desire that God has because God does love us so much and He uh, will meet us where we're at and uh, He uh, wants to work through us and uh, and and I just love the uh, in in Psalm twenty three uh, when the the last verse is just talking about how my cup runneth over and I've always viewed ministry. Because again, I'm in ministry. You guys are in ministry. We're missionaries to our generation and in, in, in different fronts and circles and ways. And and when you're involved in ministry or missions, uh, which we all are, by the way, we we all need to be involved with the Great Commission and uh, and working to reach our generation and every tribe, people, nation, and tongue. But uh, the vision of, of of making an impact and reaching people and everything uh, has to come not because it is something that we are. <laughs> Uh, wanting to do or using to build our own kingdom or make ourselves look good, but because out of our love for the Lord and spending time with him and getting to know him, uh, we talk often about Isaiah 6 in the Bible, just the passage of how uh, Isaiah saw the Lord. He was before the throne of the Lord and was like, holy, 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 are you Lord? You are the Lord. You are God. And uh, and then he had repentance uh, with the charcoal. Uh, Whoa, my person uh, with unclean lips uh, from a people of unclean lips. And, and then after all of that, you get to the who will go for me uh, from God. Who shall I send? And uh, and Isaiah says, Here am I. Send me. And uh, so you have praise and spending time in the presence of God. And only after spending time in the presence of God do we get to that point of yeah. here I am. Send me. And uh, and uh, and that's what needs to come from. And when you have that mentality, when you set it up that way, when you fill up your cup, hopefully every morning with time with the Lord, uh, the Lord's mercies are new every morning. There's something new for us every day, new manna, new stuff that we can learn from. And out of that, that's where we get our passion. And when we're anchored in that, it's not performance. And uh, and and that's what's encouraging. We don't need to perform. It will be. It will only take. It, it is so hard. To there's we can't do it in our own strength. We will fall flat on our face, and we might think we can say some cool things, but it's just not going to work. Yeah, but when we are anchored in the Lord and coming out of our love for Him and knowing what He's done for us, that's when that passion comes, and uh, and it's about that passion and not performance. Yeah, I uh, and I'm sure David, you'd love to speak into this. Um, 
I think Gen Z has to make a decision on one of the kind of whack things that we've been fed from millennials in the church. And that's the mistake that millennials made of making an idol out of the ministry. Mm. Um, you know, the ministry, especially with millennials, became hyper-commercialized um, and ministry became cool. Mm. which I think revivalists in history and stuff like that were awesome, yeah, but not in a culturally cool way. These guys were all weirdos and outcasts, and nerdy you know? and funny. Yeah, um, and, and not that there's anything wrong with being cool. You know, I look at the the preachers that obviously have a stylist and I'm like, nice, bro. Like, I make that joke all the time. Like the David pre- could use one. The pre- David could use one. He's really insecure about his his fashion, guys. Um, yes, remember when uh, David had a beard? <laughs> I'm just messing with you, bro. We're kidding. David's style is epic. I, I love I want David's style. He's awesome. Maybe. Anyways. I'm giving him a hard time. <laughs> Last night, he walked up to me and he was trying to cut his jeans the right length and it took him 30 minutes. He was like, bro, is this, is this short enough? Is this short enough? He just kept cutting them more. Um, but anyway, like it, there's nothing wrong with the cool looking preacher. It's just a joke. Uh, but ministry became God to so many people. And that was kind of the mindset that I was kind of had handed to me. I mean, I got saved and immediately there was a microphone in my hand. Like that, that's like genuinely like right away. Um, and so really quickly, the approval you get for being good with the mic can become your God so fast, mm. especially when the model of ministry you've been given your entire life is not meant to be fueled. Like ministry, the word ministry in the Old Testament originated for the Levites ministering to the Lord. So ministry is always meant, has always meant to be a Godward thing, that we do ministry towards God and for him first and foremost, mm. you know? Um, but it became a God and an idol for so many people. And Gen Z has to make a decision about that. Like the microphone can't be, and I'm talking into a microphone right now and I get to have microphones in my hands all the time. So I'm not going to demonize the microphone, but I will say that like your, the platform thing can't be what's most important to you. Your, your walk with the Lord cannot be validated to you, um, by this, like your, you know, your opportunities to express how spiritual you are. It has to be founded in what you were saying, Jordan, in your time in the presence of God um, and your friendship with the Lord. That's number one. If you are a better friend to the Lord a year from now and you've preached zero times, I would prefer that over you preach every single day of this year and see a million salvations. I mean, okay, I probably would take the loss of you over the million <laughs> salvations. But my point being, if we're talking about you and your life, um, I'd prefer you to become a, a good friend of the Lord than to become a revivalist preacher. Because if you do all the preaching and you still don't know Jesus, you miss the point. Um and so it's that's performative to do ministry for any reason other than you're you love Jesus and you're friends with him. And David, I'm sure you have a ton of thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can really speak into that fact. This past year I, I stepped away from any speaking. Um, not that speaking is bad. Again, not that the microphone is, is bad. Um, but that <laughs> sorry, I'm bending down to a microphone. I'm like Smeagol right now <laughs> in a chair. Um, because I'm five six. Um, but I stepped away, um, I stepped away from, uh, preaching and I got to know the Lord even closer and even more. Um, and it changed my life and it's easy. It's really easy to fall into it. Like, man, you, you said no. And now you're having like ride a bicycle again. And, um, you know, you didn't preach. You didn't see a lot of people saved. I got banned on TikTok this past year. I literally like did not reach as many people nearly as much as it was. Um, but that's, that's what the Lord really taught me is I don't give a crap. Like, sorry if it offends you that I said crap, but I don't, I don't care about the speaking about any of that. All that is garbage. If you don't know God, 
All of it is absolute garbage if you don't know God. Um, mm. It does nothing for you. Yes, we want to see soul saves, but beloved, God does not need you. Um, he wants you. He wants you, but you're not the salvation for America. Um, uh, spend time getting to know the Lord. It is the only thing that matters. Getting to know God, becoming friends with, with him, um, getting to know his voice. It's far more valuable than anything that you can do. It's why Jesus died. He, he didn't die for employees. He died, he died to, to make you sons and daughters, um, not workers for his kingdom. He's God. He spoke a universe into existence. He wants to know you. That's why he gave his life, not so you could do things for him. The, the American version, I love what Elijah calls it, the ministry monster, because it's exactly what it is. And it's eating so many people alive right now, um, is that you have to do, 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 do. Um, a very uh, 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 Jesus image calls it like the Martha. There's a story. I'm not going to go into that right now specifically because they don't take a long time. Um, but there's this, uh, a woman named Martha. She was trying to do all of these things for the Lord. I believe her sister Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha was like, Jesus, Jesus, like, like, come on. Like, she's just sitting there. Have her help me. And Martha was offended that Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet. Um, but, but Jesus said, oh, Martha, said her name twice, like kind of sad, but compassionate because of the ignorance, because Mary was doing exactly what she needed to do. Um, Jesus basically said, Martha, Martha, um, stop, stop doing everything. Stop trying to fix everything for me. Mary's doing what she needs to do. Mary is sitting at my feet again. Preaching isn't bad. Um, the microphone isn't the devil, you know, preachers aren't in pride. Um, but if your goal is to have a microphone and not be in the secret place, I want to encourage you. It is so much better to be with the Lord. Um, I've been able to preach in front of 5,000 people. That was crazy. Um, but that's like 1% if that of my life, that's not what keeps me going. That's not what helps me endure. This past year has taught me friendship with God. Like I, I would never trade. I would never trade intimacy with the father over anything. Like guys, you have to get that in your head. It's, it's the quiet place. It's, it's knowing God. Um, that's the only thing that matters. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not the microphone. It's not preaching. That stuff doesn't fulfill you knowing God does. I, uh, just to piggyback off of that, that's such a funny phrase that we use piggyback. Anyway, just to echo some of that. Um, I, I, I remember where I would hear and I'd see posts all the times when I was younger and I knew I had this passion to preach and I'd hear people that would talk about this kind of thing and they would just make me feel ashamed for wanting to preach. Like that was a passion that I had. I wanted to be, I wanted to have the mic. I wanted to preach. I wanted to teach, which wasn't wrong because that's the part of the calling of God in my life. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's not who I am. Like right. I'm a son of God. You know, the kind of thing that the Lord had to show me was he's not like, hey, like if I go through the top 15 most important things about me, preacher is not on there in the eyes of God. You know what I'm saying? Like I could never preach again and God would still have all these other things that he's stoked on about how he made me. Um, And so finding those things, but I would just feel ashamed. And so there was just no balance. Like if that's your calling, then desire it. It's awesome. I was saying in the first part, like I'm so excited that um, so much of our generation is being driven towards ministry and missions and all these different avenues that they want to go down. Um, that's awesome. Pursue those things. They're good, but do them for the right reasons, you know? And so the object of what David and I are saying is not to say like, you should be ashamed if you have the right, like you have an impure heart. Cause I've had that at times, but just know it's, it's so much better 
when you do it with a right heart and when you do it out of, out of an overflow of friendship with God, it's more fun. Like, I mean, you can attest this, David, like preaching is so much more fun when you're walking in friendship with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus. And when he's the only opinion that matters, I preached with a performative heart for a long time. I would preach sermons and then I would go off stage. I'd go to the green room or whatever, and I would go cry my eyes out. And I would just feel totally depressed and discouraged because I thought I didn't do a good enough job. And if, you know, none of the people responded, if nobody cried, I thought I bombed or whatever. And so the way like me feeling whether or not I succeeded or failed was all based off like weird, arbitrary things that in the end, at the end of the day didn't really matter. It wasn't based off whether or not God was pleased with me. Um, And so that's what performance does. You'll never find rest and confidence in the pleasure of God over you. you. You'll constantly be searching for the next person who approves of you and is proud of you and thinks you're impressive. It does it, bro. Those things run out and you'll never be able to fulfill that desire totally. Cause you need the eternal God to make sure you need to feel that from the eternal God. Um, when you're walking with him, um, you know, your, your fuel can't be other people, other people's approval other than him. Cause it's destructive. It actually hurts so bad. It was the worst. Like, I wish I could go sit myself down those years where I was even traveling and preaching, going to youth groups with performance, going and preaching at conferences with performance. Cause I was believing that like, oh, preaching at that conference was going to be the thing that made me happy and it was going to be so fulfilling. And then like, at some point I just had to realize that the calling is so much less important than this is so youth pastor of me to say, but the calling is so much less important than the caller. You know, I, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has those like the wordplay, whatever, but Man, I thought preaching was going to be the thing that made me feel happy, but it became so destructive to me when Jesus was, wasn't my main thing. And it was like my least, became my least favorite thing to do because I was so empty. And so, um, I want my generation to be passionate about ministry and missions and seeking the lost and discipling people and teaching theology and preaching the gospel. But man, let Jesus be the main thing. Let him be your best friend first because you'll be better at that other stuff too my sermons were trash when I wasn't really friends with Jesus, when I was trying to be cool. It's so crazy. You end up being a lot cooler when you stop trying to be cool and just start, just start trying to know Jesus. Cause he's pretty epic. And the more you become like him, you know, you see how that plays out. Who would have thought that's such a seriously <laughs> strange phenomenon, but it's true. It's the, it's, it, it's just the way that it is. And, 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 and it's, uh, it's the way God's world works. And I yeah, would much rather be living in a world that's, dominated by God and, uh, and the things of above. Yeah. And as we've talked about, uh, being, uh, heavenly minded and, and all that, like being, uh, being about the Lord is there's, there truly is no greater purpose, no greater passion than, uh, than living for Jesus and serving him. Yeah. And, uh, guys, we're going to need to wrap up this episode, uh, but I want to give you guys a chance, starting with you, David, and then back to you, Elijah, just kind of your, what is your final, maybe 60 second challenge for how someone could, uh, how, what, what's your challenge for someone who may be struggling with uh, being a bit performative, thinking, you know, I don't know if I am doing this out of my love for the Lord, but maybe it's because of other reasons. Maybe I want to be cool. Maybe I am yeah, wanting to do all these things. Uh, what, uh, what are what what's kind of your final challenge for that person? It's really hard to do it in sixty seconds, um, but I would say get to know the Lord, um, trust Him, um, and the secret place. Um, the secret place changed my life. The secret place is where I learned His voice, 
his voice stops me from so much stuff. It stops me from performing. His voice stops me from comparing. So get to know his voice. The only way you have a longevity is if you know him. Because you will be running on fumes if you don't get to know him. Getting to know his voice, getting to understand when God is speaking. Even now on this podcast, I've had so many things run through my mind. And I'm having to go and type them on my phone because the Lord is speaking to me. The devil will come in to a light. It's happened multiple times today. The devil will say, compare yourself to this person. Or you're not, I was talking to Elijah about this. I was feeling crazy rejected this morning. I was like, what the heck? Um, and Elijah helped me. So I'll say this, get to know people who know his voice. Um, so it's two things, get to know his voice. I'm telling you, I got to scream it. I feel like I've been repeating the same thing over and over on this podcast, but get to know his voice. What does that look like? Get in the secret place. If you don't know what the secret place is, read Matthew over again. Uh, I forget what verse it is. Um, but you can look up on Google, the secret place. Um, just get to know God in the secret place, not the public. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would say that, um, sort of the antidote to this is, um, to like this whole seeking approval thing is knowing that the love of God and the approval of God are so much better than what human beings can offer you. They're in, they are so much better and you already have them. You already have his love and approval if you are his kid. Um, and so the response is if you're looking inside, you're going like, oh man, um, this is something I'm definitely struggling with. Like, well, take heed and listen to the Holy Spirit convicting you and go back to the early words of Jesus, repent and believe. Like our generation needs to make a practice of repenting over and over and over again, all throughout the day, mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Every time you catch yourself on un- perform- performing, repent right there. Go to the Lord very quickly. Lord, I repent. I turn away from this and I believe the opposite truth that that I need to believe. So if you're believing the lie that you need to get people's approval, repent and turn to the truth, which is that his approval and his love are better. Repent, and believe it's just that easy. And then receive the Lord's forgiveness. Um, and it really quickly, I can't echo what David said enough to seek the voice of the Holy spirit. We have so many Christians walking around the world with noise canceling headphones on their ears who think that God only mm. speaks one way. God's preference is to speak through the Bible. That's, that's mm. his main place he loves to speak. And it's the filter through which we hear the Holy Spirit, but he speaks in many ways. One of those is the still whisper of the Holy Spirit in your heart, who he wants to speak to you. If you're a Christian, since the moment you got saved, he's been saying things, but you haven't been listening. So it's time to like really open up ears and be Mm -hmm. led by the Lord in these things and stop trying to figure it out on your own. God's direction is clear and concise. It's not always an easy yes or no black and white thing, but he does speak to his children. That's what he says. My sheep hear my voice and they listen. And so Turn your listening ears on and listen to God's voice because he's not silent. He is speaking um, very clearly. And so seek him in scripture, find him in the quiet place and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, guys, this has been a wonderful conversation. And I think for each of us, there's so much that we can gain from this and, and, and just continuing to make it not a performance, but out of passion and love for the Lord, for Jesus, for our Lord and Savior who literally died on the cross to take our sins, to make a way so that we can uh, be restored to our creator, to be restored to our creator God and live with him for all eternity. Uh, That grace, that gospel message uh, of uh, 
of knowing that Jesus is our hope. He is our our power. Like if like if we if our life is an engine, Jesus is our uh, he's the the fuel that runs our life. He's the wind in our sails. He's he is our uh, everything. We need to be all about him uh, and what he has for us. And uh, uh, guys, this has been wonderful. And David, I'd love to ask you: Would you be willing to pray to kind of close out this? conversation. Yes. God, thank you so much. Um, I pray that you do what you do. I pray that the Holy Spirit just ministers um, to anyone who's listening. Um, God, I pray that we wait on you, that we trust that you love us. God, thank you for dying for us, not to make us employees, but sons and daughters. God, thank you that there's no condemnation for those from Christ Jesus. God, thank you that we don't have to perform for anyone, God. Thank you, God, that you died for us while we were still sinners. Lord, thank you for your sanctification and the holy process in which you make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, this has been wonderful having you on uh, the Gen Z Today podcast again. Uh, if this is your first time tuning into Gen Z today, I'd encourage you to check out more of the episodes that we have. Now, we've got some amazing conversations on here about what it means to live and lead for Jesus as members of this generation. And and uh, and if you look back, uh, you can see uh, uh, some of our early episodes, actually, where we had uh, David and Elijah on. And uh, hopefully you can be encouraged by some of those conversations and uh, and how the Lord spoke through those conversations. and. Uh, if you don't follow David and Elijah on the social medias, they are on there. Uh, there's a good chance you might, but if there's, if you don't, uh, no worries. Uh, you should check them out though. They've got some awesome stuff and uh, are up to some really encouraging things. And it's amazing what the Lord's been doing through them. Uh, and, uh, uh and yeah. And if, uh, maybe uh, this is your first time tuning in, uh, and you're wondering what is this podcast? We have episodes, uh, every uh, it varies in terms of the time right now, but uh, usually at least once a month, hopefully twice a month, we have episodes of Gen Z Today podcast with some amazing guests from all over the world that are passionate about our generation uh, and seeing our generation come to know Jesus. Uh, maybe that's someone like you. You're like, hey, I want to reach my friends for Christ. I'd encourage you to reach out to learn about the How to Life movement. Uh, that is the ministry that I head up and uh, we help uh, teens and Gen Z and young 20-somethings all over the world reach our generation through student-led events. And if you're interested in doing something like that, let me know. We'd love to talk with you and uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I invite you to subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends about the Gen Z Today podcast. Tune in each Wednesday for a brand new episode. On Instagram, you can follow at Gen Z Today podcast, as well as my page at Jordan Whitmer. Gen Z Today is sponsored by How to Life Movement, with a mission to reach, disciple, and mobilize Gen Z young people for Christ. Gen Z Today and How to Life Movement are made possible because of the generous financial partnership of friends like you. To find out more, visit our website, genztoday.com. That website again is genztoday.com. See you next time on Gen Z Today. Gen Z Today.